Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Aaron, it's Luke. Luke who? Hey, man. So we talked a few weeks ago about your guardian angel, John Candy's box office hit, Uncle Buck. Did you know that 30 years ago this week was the premiere of another John Candy project, one in which he played an animated version of himself? What was the name of that series? Is it Camp Candy? Camp Candy. There it is, man. Yeah. So if you were at 30 Pop Trivia Night, you totally would have got points for that. I would have. I would have killed it. You should come down. I need to make it out to one of those soon because I will, I will win. I don't need a team. I will win it. <laughs> well, if you're going to do that, you're going to want to do all of the things to get bonus points. So like dressing in 80s clothes, reviewing the podcast. There's a whole list of things you can do to get bonus points. Basically what you're saying is no one knows if I'm going to show up or not. So if you want to win this, you have to get the bonus points because I might be there. That's and if true. I'm there, you're screwed. Your team is screwed. Your entire team will hate you for not getting those extra bonus points that's because true. Aaron Hale's showing up and now you're boned. So that's not actually what I was saying, but I appreciate you saying it. You're welcome. All right. Thanks, Aaron. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. From Mill U Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 1, Episode 30, Euphemisms, Innuendos, and Bad Words. Today, we're looking back at the week that ended, Saturday, September 16th, 1989. Hello, friends. It's that time once again to take a short break from 2019 and remember what life looked like 30 years ago. In all honesty, there wasn't just a ton that happened this week in 1989, though, so this will likely be a pretty quick trip down memory lane. 30 years ago this week, after four straight weekends of John Candy's Uncle Buck being the number one film in the country, Al Pacino and John Goodman took over the box office with their movie Sea of Love, which I've never seen. As I mentioned in the opening call, John Candy had a TV premiere this week, though, with his series Camp Candy, which was probably fine but had perhaps the single worst opening song of any show I've ever heard, performed by Candy. I mean, no offense to Aaron's guardian angel, may he rest in peace, but I'm telling you, it's the most obnoxious thing I can imagine. Enough so that I'm not even going to share it here. And speaking of odd intros, another series debuted 30 years ago this week with an odd intro of its own. On September 12, 1989, the groundbreaking TV drama Life Goes On, famous for being the first series ever to have a major character with Down Syndrome, Corky Thatcher, played by actor Chris Burke, debuted on ABC. Its intro was odd in that it's the entire cast of the series singing the Beatles song Obladi Oblada over what feels like a really cheaply produced sitcom montage, despite the show being, at least as I remember it, pretty serious. Now, I didn't watch this series with any consistency, but I remember loving it just the same. Not because it was even necessarily great. 
I grew up with an uncle who had Down syndrome, and I loved him dearly. So seeing someone similarly abled represented on TV was significant, to say the least. Well done, ABC. We'll talk more about ABC's fall programming next week as we look back 30 years at the debut of their Friday night primetime block of shows, TGIF. In music, the number one single on the charts was Don't Want to Lose You by Cuban-American pop sensation Gloria Estefan. And the number one album for the second straight week was the New Kids on the Block's eight times platinum-selling Hangin' Tough, which we discussed at length on last week's episode. Another massive album released this week was the 10th studio album by rock legends Aerosmith, Pump. An album filled with screaming guitars, melodic vocals, and ridiculous euphemisms. I invited my innuendo-loving non-musical friend Nate Williams over to talk about it in a segment we call Bad Words. Nate, welcome back to 30 Pop. So good to have you on. Ah, oh, thank you so much, Luke. What are we going to talk about, man? Okay, so 30 years ago this week was the release of Aerosmith's 10th studio album, which, first of all, their 10th studio album 30 years ago is remarkable to me. These guys are still touring. Yeah. But the album Pump, which was seven times platinum, so they sold over 7 million copies of oh this record. Oh my gosh. And I know you're not a big music guy. No, I'm worried I'm not going to be of much help to you right now. I think now. you will. So we occasionally do a segment on this show called Bad Words, where we look at the lyrical content of some major single and just sort of Oh laugh yeah, I've heard words. those we've, episodes. We've done it with Debbie Gibson, we've right. done it with other folks. I think you may have been I was on it with you Debbie on, Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this album, though, I want to talk about just sort of the type of lyrics these guys were writing. Okay. And so they've always been famous for writing these like oversexed, super euphemistic songs. And one of the things that struck me as I was looking through the lyrics on this album, even from songs that are like major, major singles for them, their use of euphemism is pretty ridiculous. Well, I feel confident now that I can help you on yes. this episode. I can <laughs> euphemism, reason. man. That's, that's the reason. You can yeah. euphemize with the best I one. will end your window right now. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> but what's funny is I think because they had such a reputation for writing that sort of song, yeah. even lines that maybe aren't innuendos or euphemisms seem like they are. Like They seem like, I feel like that's supposed to be dirty, but it's not. And so, so are they getting lazy or are they trying too hard? Maybe it's just what I read into it, but I wanted to run them by you. So, yeah, let's do so this. So one of the biggest songs of their entire career, but especially on that album, probably the second biggest single. So the big single was Janie's Got a Gun. Okay, I know that really one. Great song, yeah. But Love in an Elevator. Yeah, I know that one too. Yeah, so I'm going to just read, read you some of these lines and just tell me, you know, feel free to comment. I mean, I know we're talking about euphemisms here, but... I always thought this song was about sex. It is. It is. It is a song about right. sex. It is explicitly... Living it up while we're going down. Having sex in an elevator yeah. is the thing that they are talking about. So, working like a dog for the boss man, working for the company, I'm betting on the dice I'm tossing, I'm going to have a fantasy. First of all, I just don't really know what he's saying right now. No, I, I picture him playing crap somewhere. Yes. <laughs> but where am I going to look? They tell me that love is blind. I really need a girl like an open book to read between the lines. Again, I feel like I feel like he's trying. Yeah, to I mean, sound... open book, open legs. I oh. guess <laughs> we're working. There's no judgment in brainstorming. It's, it's great. <laughs> loving an elevator, living it up when I'm going down. Loving an elevator, loving it up till I hit the ground. Okay, here we go. Verse two. Jackie's in the elevator, lingerie, second floor. 
She said, can I see you later and love you a little more? I kind of hope we get stuck. Nobody gets out alive. She said, <laughs> she said, I'll show you how to fax in the mailroom, honey, and have you home by five. Well, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, I would love your thoughts. What do you think she means? Okay, by, well, hold on. First, <laughs> show, show you lingerie how to fax in the mailroom. on the second floor? Yes. So, are we not wearing under underpants? Are we... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is not... She's only wearing lingerie on the second floor and then jackie's in the elevator lingerie second floor what i understand is that they are headed to the second floor okay where, where lingerie is sold so i'm imagining they're at the mall oh okay i was i'm picturing second base so we're gonna go back to working like a dog for the boss man it, he must work at the mall okay that's that's how i'm choosing to understand <laughs> why is it a mall because the lingerie is on the second floor but <laughs> what are the what other scenario is there that you would have? I don't know. I feel she's wearing she's wearing lingerie. Okay. You're probably anyway, right, but okay. Well, no, we'll go to the gallery. That's I'm, where I'm we a little are. Bit of a, I'm a little bit of a literalist here, and so I want to know what, what it means. Mall has an elevator. <laughs> Every mall has an Do elevator. They? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but I'm I'm just particularly hung up on the line. I'll show you how to fax in the mailroom, honey, and have you home by five. Oh yeah, been there. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's what we call it Tuesday at my house. No, what? You'll teach me how to fax and I'll be home by five? Yeah. So, no, that's, to me, is he just trying to get... That feels very to, much like he's going to work. Yeah. Is, is he behind Asking schedule? For help, and I don't know. He's, he's, he's got to get out on times because he's been getting hounded about working overtime. Maybe, how about, I mean, fax? Sorry, Luke's mom. <laughs> fax. I mean, I, I that's... Mean, all I could come I up know. with. I don't know. I mean, even, hold on. What about if it was like, hold on, what was the line again? Feed me the line? I'll show you how to fax in the mailroom, honey, and have you home by five. Okay, what if, though, you said it like, hey, I'll show you how to fax, baby, and oh, get you. I don't think no, that sounds, it still doesn't work. I'm trying. as sexy as you think it does. No, <laughs> sexy is definitely not that the. That was real creepy with the, headphones on. <laughs> okay, um, third verse. Going to be a penthouse popper going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a real fast talker and have me a love affair. Got to get my time and right. It's a test that I got to pass. I'll chase you all the way to the stairway, honey. Kiss your sassafras. Oh, see, now we're just worrying about getting words through to kiss your sassafras. I mean, it can only, well, not only, but I mean, it's going for a kiss your ass, but even in the context that feels, I'll tell you what though. Going to the penthouse, now I'm picturing him in like a high-rise apartment. So maybe she has an apartment in the same building as him. She lives upstairs at the mall. <laughs> still at the... No, the mall's gone, Luke. They're not at the mall anymore. We still got to deal with the lingerie on the second floor, so... Yeah, some... but So they're clearly at the maybe, mall. Or they live... She's on the second floor and he lives in the penthouse? And he's always said, oh, she's got one nice sassafras. <laughs> know how much i'd like to lick that okay that also sounded creepy so we're gonna move on to a different song so there's a song called f-i-n-e so are we just gonna go ahead and agree that steven tyler at this point doesn't know what he's talking about (laughs) that may be the case maybe steven tyler had actually never had any sort of sexual encounters and so he's just pretending like he has 10th studio album this guy's had so many sexual encounters that he just assumes everything is is he's he he had sex on a fax machine. So uh, <laughs> that's all. That's it. 
That's how you fax? Well, no, but that's how he faxes. So their other song, F-I-N-E, I don't know how if, if they called it fine or if they spelled it out. I don't know. It's spelled out on the album title. So Hot Wax Drippin', Honey, What Do You Say, I Got a Brand New Record That I Gotta Play. She says, not now, boy, but I did anyway, because I'm ready, so ready. Lip smacking, patty whacking, <laughs> walking the street. I'm just going to leave some of this out because I just can't. But That took a really weird turn. I got a girlfriend with the hoochie coochie eyes. <laughs> I mean, there's just some lines. I know these hookers down on 42nd Street, but ill-gotten booty's not my style. Like, what? No, he doesn't need to pay. I understand He's got the that. penthouse. I get it. <laughs> and a fax machine up there. Next verse, whip cracking floozy, way out of control. She got a new kind of jelly in her jelly roll. <laughs> Ooh, man. I got the right key, baby, but the wrong keyhole. I just don't... There's a line. There's a line. There's a. It started out sexy with wax dripping. You know, <sighs> I could see where it was going, but then it like turned into gibberish. There is a line in this song that says, I'm going to kiss your boo-boo, honey. That's the sort yeah. of thing that he's... Is this what women wanted? I can't imagine, but how many of them wanted his key in their keyhole? <laughs> but looking at the man, he's currently a geriatric woman, but at the time... I got a cruiser with a bimbo on the dash. These are the sorts of things that he was riding. And it, it's amazing to me that this guy's like a Hall of Fame... He's an icon. ...rock and roll legend. And it's absolute gibberish. It's... <laughs> Hey, baby, let me patty whack your snack attack that is exactly and what kiss your boo boo and lick the doo doo. I don't know. Oh, oh, no, that, that it just rhymes, so much. it came yeah. out. I know that, that wasn't it. But that's how he was writing, exactly. Yeah. Well, this rhymes. Sassafras rhymes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really bad words. This feels substance influenced. I'm that this confident is, that it was. This is him sitting there and they're like, hey, Steve. We're going to start recording the album in five minutes. You done with the song? He goes, ah, oh, shit. Sassy, fresh, wacky tax. Put my key in a hole in it. Uh, yeah, I got it. We're good. <laughs> and then they recorded. But, but what's funny is like the songs are fantastic, but it's entirely because of like the guitar licks and stuff. I mean, like, just the music good. is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And his sense of melody, all of that stuff is great. It's a good album. It really, really is. And you have songs like Janie's Got a Gun that are about incest and murder and like <laughs> completely, <laughs> completely different. Well, than, and than to this. absolutely prove your points, I am not into music, but I know Love in an Elevator. Yeah. And I think to myself that, yeah, that's a good song, but I never even realized there's a song about getting your facts sent so you could go home from work. So yeah, like you said, it's all the music is great. Yeah. And I think of it as a good song, but no, the lyrics are poor. Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very bad words. It's funny, I was never I've never been an Aerosmith fan. Yeah. Until probably the last like, I don't know, eight years of my life. I've been on all these trips to Disney World and there's a particular ride, I don't know if you've ever been that is the rock and roller coaster, and it's it is an Aerosmith ride. Okay, and it's so much fun, and I ride it so many times that like it makes me now when I hear their music, I think of this ride. So, hold, does Aerosmith play while you ride around? Yeah. So the concept of the ride, you walk in, you're in this studio, you feel like you're in a studio, and okay. there's these kind of video versions of them. It looks really cool, actually. You feel like you're sort of in the space with them, and they're trying to rush to their concert from the studio. And one of the guys in the band is like, well, what about all these guys, all these people who are watching us? And so they pull up a stretch limo outside. Okay. Stretch limo is what you ride in. And you get in. And it's one of those roller coasters that like 
as soon as the ride starts, you're going like 80 miles an hour. I mean, it's okay. very, very fast. And the whole, the soundtrack start to finish. The whole time is Aerosmith, is Aerosmith scatting Smith. in your ear. <laughs> Faxing and, and kissing sassafras and, and patty whacking. <laughs> just, he's just patty whacking all over you. Just, you're just sitting there in awe. For, for our listeners' sake, do yourself a favor and don't look up patty whacking <laughs> on Urban Dictionary. It is counterpoint. Yeah. Look up patty whack and picture Steven Tyler just patty whacking Luke in the face at Disney World. <laughs> I hate you so much. Okay, Nate. Thanks. We're having you back on next week to look at TGIF. Oh, Can't wait to have you. Television from the late '80s, yes. early '90s. Thanks That'll for being be on. Warm. Thanks, buddy. I'll see you. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Williams. Huge thanks to Nate for being a part of this episode. I look forward to having him back next week to look back at TGIF. Thanks also to you for listening to this episode and for the support you show this podcast week in and week out by sharing it with other folks who may enjoy it. If you want to be a part of making this show happen as well as receive bonus content from this and other Mill U Media Group podcasts, for as little as $1 a month, just click on the Patreon link in the show notes for this episode. I hope you'll join me next week for episode 31 because friends, in the immortal words of Gloria Estefan, I don't want to lose you now or ever. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>